What's your favorite movie? Okay, that's an unfair question. There are so many to choose from. Most of us, I assume, would have difficulty narrowing it down to just one. So let me ask it differently. What's a movie that would be in your top ten? I'll tell you what one of mine is coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, where each day at 11 Central, we have an hour of on-air and online spiritual direction to help you draw closer to Jesus with the help of our experienced spiritual directors. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. One movie that would definitely make my top 10 list and that I highly recommend is the 1986 Academy Award-winning movie, The Mission, directed by Roland Joffe and starring Robert De Niro and Jeremy Irons. The film is set in the Paraguayan jungle in the 18th century, and it tackles all sorts of spiritual topics. Jeremy Irons plays Father Gabriel, a Jesuit priest who is sent to establish a mission and convert the natives of that region to Christianity. The movie culminates in an armed battle between the defenders of the mission and a joint Portuguese and Spanish force. And in the midst of the melee, Father Gabriel, who is convinced that violence is opposed to God's will, emerges from the burning mission, carrying the blessed sacrament in a monstrance with the native converts following in procession. Now, I won't give away what happens, but the power of that scene is arresting. Even with bullets flying around him, Father Gabriel places his full trust in the healing and power of Jesus Christ present in the Holy Eucharist. Well, as it was then, so it is now. Jesus Christ, present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the most holy Eucharist, offers deep healing and peace to warring nations, to divided communities, to struggling families, and to you personally. Our focus on today's show is healing and the Eucharist. Guiding our discussion today is our spiritual director. Joining us for the very first time is Sister Miriam James Hydland. Sister Miriam is a member of the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, a well-known speaker, author, and podcast host, and she's an MC for the 2024 National Eucharistic Congress. Sister, it's a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks for joining us, and happy Feast of St. Luke to you. Patrick, thank you. What a lovely day to be with your listeners and to be with you on your show. I'm delighted. Thank you for inviting me. Well, since this is your first time on the show, we usually ask to, like to ask our new spiritual director to tell us a bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, my full name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and I'm a member of the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, the SALT community. And we are based out of Corpus Christi, Texas, but we have many international missions. And I joined the community. I played Division One volleyball in college, and I wanted to work for ESPN and had a very, very radical conversion uh, through the help of a really wonderful priest that God sent into my life, which is where I received the deep love of the priesthood and deep reverence for the priesthood. And... I joined Religious Life, you know, like 25 years ago, and the Lord brought me on a very, very deep and healing journey that I'm, I'm still on to this very day. So I'm delighted to, yeah, to talk about healing, to talk about the Eucharist, to to speak about the Lord who is so kind and so loving to us. Amen to all that. That is definitely true, and we look forward to getting to know you even more throughout the course of the show today. Um, but as I have to, I have to ask because you're uh, you are one of the MCs for the for the Eucharistic Congress coming up here on, in July of next year. 
So any ideas of what you can, I mean, can you give us a little teaser trailer of what we might expect at the Eucharistic Congress? Gosh, this is going to be such an incredible gathering. And Bishop Cousins talks about how we're we're starting a, we're starting a fire, not a not a program. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's not right. like another yeah. cog in the wheel of a program. But imagine, you know, eighty thousand Americans coming together to worship the Lord and to receive the Lord and to have our hearts rekindled with love of Him. And all of us, all of us need revitalization. All of us need renewal. All of us need our hearts aflame again. And I. I just can't wait to see what the Lord is doing. He's doing already, but we'll do in the American church next July as we come and just and just seek Him and worship Him and not having an agenda or anything like that, but just coming to seek the Lord and because Christ is everything. He's a central. He is center to all. So I think mm-hmm. it'll be beautiful. I think people of all walks of life are going to come. I think there's going to be awesome, yeah, cool vendors and you know all kinds of different things to see and do. But the most important thing is that Jesus is going to be there and He's going to lead us and guide us, and that's the best part. Well, I, too, am just in prayer that there is a deep fire or a, a, a broad fire, a fire lit that um, actually consumes our nation and our world, right, out of this once-in-a-lifetime event at the National Eucharistic Congress in July of 2024 in Indianapolis. Well, Sister, our, as we said, our topic today is healing and the Eucharist. And maybe just start off from a little look at Scripture here. Why would you say healing is so central to Jesus' ministry, and what does that reveal to us about who he is? What we see in Jesus' ministry is that healing is central to it all. And actually, Pope Benedict, in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, writes that when understood at a sufficiently deep level, healing expresses the entire content of redemption. Because what healing is, is an encounter with God's love that brings us into wholeness and communion. And from the garden of Adam and Eve, of that rupture of communion, so you see the original sin, the rupture of communion with God, within themselves, with each other, with creation. From that rupture, there needs to come a repair or reconciliation. And so Jesus comes to reconcile, as we know, all things to the Father. So when we see him coming, we come. he comes as man. He's reconciling us to the Father mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, who we are as men and women. And he's, he's bringing everything back to the Father through his heart, through the Holy Spirit. And so every healing that we often, and we'll, we'll talk a lot about this today, but we often focus on physical healing or things like that. But every healing that Jesus performs in the Gospels uh, when we look at that, every healing is ordered toward communion. And it might start mm-hmm. at a physical level. It might be leprosy. It might be blindness. But it's always ordered toward the deepest part of the human person, of bringing that person back into communion and back into the Father's house, back into the heart of God. So all of us, myself included, need an ongoing encounter with God's love that brings us into wholeness and communion. So what we're talking about today is not for, like, quote-unquote, those people over there who really need it. I don't need it. All of us need an ongoing encounter. All of That's that's sainthood. That's discipleship. That's Christian life. And that's a school of love. And thank God we don't ever have to graduate. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yep. It's like, here we are, front row. So we yeah. keep going. Yeah, excellent point that, uh, yeah, we don't graduate from the school of love, absolutely, and we all do, indeed, stand in need of healing. And, um, you know, it, it, it occurs to me that um, there are some places in in the Gospels as well as in our society today where, you know, you see people who um, are obviously in need of, of some sort of physical healing, as we said, um, man with a withered hand, a man born blind, uh, Jairus's daughter, and the woman who bled. I mean, all these things that uh, that come up within the Gospels. But even today, we see those who have physical maladies, infirmities, illnesses, that sort of thing. And uh, Jesus has come to bring healing to them. But I think it's important to emphasize what you just said, sister, that we 
we all stand in need of healing. And sometimes our, our hurts, our woundedness, our illnesses, our sicknesses may not be quite so obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. And I, I think it's often easier, quote unquote, easier to hide there and say, well, I don't, I don't need that. Or I think, you know, all of us are terrified of being vulnerable and dependent. And mm. when we admit that I need an encounter with God's love here, that I can't do it. And some, you know, some of us, you know, all of us need to be healed in different ways. So some of us need to be healed from the things we believe about ourselves, about God, about other people. I think we all have those variations some of us need to be healed of our self-righteousness or our self-reliance or our self-hatred or the sin in our life, which is a symptom. The sin is a symptom of this rupture of communion. And so we need to be healed. What is the root? Like so often we talk about just behavior modification or sin management. But Christian, Christianity is not sin management. It is not behavior modification. It's a complete transformation unto glory. And so Jesus comes to heal us at the roots. He comes to heal us at the core of our being. So then as the core of our being is healed, what is the natural outflow of that but goodness, truth, and beauty? And so often we're, we spend so much time at the top of the tree trying to manage our sin without ever allowing Jesus to bring us very vulnerably to the root of what's happening and why is it happening. And that's that's the place few of us really want to go because that's very vulnerable and, and very messy many times and it requires a lot of humility. But that's the place where Jesus is very interested. Like he's not interested so much on the outside of the dish, but as the inside. That's why, he, you know, he's speaking about things like that. And then when the inside is healed, the outside will match it. But the outside is, is a reflection of, of, you know, the inside truly. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Our spiritual director today is Sister Miriam James Highland, as she is leading us through a conversation about healing and the Eucharist. Is there an emotional or physical wound that needs healing in your life? Did you experience healing in your life at some time from the Lord? How has the Eucharist been central to your spiritual journey and any healings that you've received? Give us a call and join the conversation. Our toll-free studio line is 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, that's 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer to send us an email, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, sister, uh, another thing, I think just to, uh, of course, as, as Catholics, we do hold that, yep, Jesus is there present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And yet there's probably a longing in many people who, especially who are very aware of their need for healing, that if they could just look on the face of Jesus, if they could just have his hands touch them, and so what is the bridge to be built there between Jesus in his earthly ministry and Jesus in the Eucharist present to us now? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think St. Teresa of Avila spoke about that, of, of the people that said, if only I had lived in his day, you know. Right. But it, you look at how Jesus, so Jesus, you know, Scott Hahn wrote a book many years ago, A Father Who Keeps His Promises. So Jesus mm-hmm. is a God who keeps his promises. And what do we find in him? We find in the Last Supper discourses in the Gospel of John that he says, I will not leave you alone. I will not abandon you. I will not literally leave you orphans. I will not leave you. And that's the deepest primordial fear of the human person is abandonment. Every single one of us fears abandonment. We fear like this annihilation. And so Jesus makes us a promise. And it's not, I will send you a symbol of myself. Like, I'm not going to leave you abandoned. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you until the end of time. And so... The promise of his presence and because his presence brings communion and communion is what heals so jesus is always bringing us into communion and we receive him so intimately we receive him into ourselves which is one of the most intimate things a person can do is to receive somebody into themselves and so that profound intimacy and that profound reality i remember many years ago reading a quote by saint alphonsus Liguori, and i I don't i don't remember where he said it but he said if because the eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, because it is God, 
that if we were open to every grace possible, all we would have to do is receive the Eucharist one time and we become saints instantaneously. Mm, but you wow. just, it tells, I mean, I go to daily mass, so it just tells us about, not a discouraging, but just about maybe the barriers we have or the areas of sin or the resistance or just the, the process of, it's so humble and so it makes us so little, which is a good thing of, of coming to the Lord over and over again and asking Him to transform our hearts and to be with us. And so Jesus is not leaving us a second. You know, He said, it's better for you that I go, because if I didn't go, the advocate wouldn't come to you. So it's easy to kind of look at the Gospels and say that that's one particular experience of Christ. But Jesus, He says that I'm not going to leave you, and it's better for you that I go, and I'm going to send you an advocate, which means that you and I, you and I are never alone. And for all the ways we feel like we have to do life on our own or there's nobody there for us, and we've all had experiences of that, even in our childhood of, being alone or being abandoned or being rejected and we carry those beliefs with us and we can you know we're baptized we're confirmed and we can live as practical atheist of like on our day-to-day -day yeah. life by ourselves as if nobody's there and and the lord just continues to remind us of the truth because that's what's eternally true like we yeah. belong to him and that is eternally true yeah amen to that so if if since you brought that up since this this fear of abandonment or uh, this uh, apprehension towards maybe becoming abandoned that's one of the things that can stand in the way of our accepting the healing that Jesus is offering in and through the Most Holy Eucharist. But um, what are some other things that may present themselves as obstacles to our embracing the healing that Jesus has come to bring? I think there's going to be a variety of things. You know, Bob, Dr. Bob Schutz talks about the seven identity wounds of, you know, the places where we've experienced rejection, abandonment, mm -hmm. fear, shame, powerlessness, hopelessness, and confusion. And, and these areas of our life often become strongholds of, of resistance in our life to experiencing God's healing and, and ways we protect ourselves from, from making sure that isn't going to happen ever again. But it's just interesting. I just noticed in my own, you know, I've been on a healing journey for about 18 years now and, and just walking with so many people now and walking with priests and sisters now and bishops and seminarians and people from all walks of life. And every single person has such a deep and tender story. But a lot of us have this deep we just have a deep fear we don't want to be hurt anymore and we're afraid and we're afraid to be we're afraid to be naked before god we're afraid to be vulnerable we're afraid to actually admit certain areas of our life or the sorrow or the grief or and so those those things can keep us away i i, I often say you no know, we want to live with jesus as a roommate <laughs> rather than as a, as a lover as a beloved and as right. a roommate is somebody you know you kind of you coexist but you can live with a roommate and not have any crossover in your life and it's like you can go to daily mass and you can pray the rosary every day and still in your heart have jesus like a roommate versus the the savior and the lover and the beloved of our soul that's a totally different way of life and and Jesus continues to invite us into that. And you see that in the life of the disciples. You see that in the lives of the saints, of this profound love that God has evoked in them and that they allow it to happen. And all we have to do is say yes to that. Mm, yeah, yeah. So if we, if saying yes, and that was going to be my next mm -hmm. question, so what do we do in the face of some of these issues of, like you said, fear and shame and powerlessness, confusion, those those things that you were talking about, Um we just need to say yes is what what I hear you saying, but mm -hmm. that's not always that's not always an easy thing to do to bring ourselves to to get to that point where, as you said, to be naked before God. No, it's it's not, Patrick. You're right, and it's a yes that's over and over again. Like any right. love, any love requires a daily yes. And so, uh, I would say, you know, even for our listeners now, um, we're not introspecting, we're not scratching at ourselves. But like, what are some of your? If you're really honest with yourself, and maybe today we find a time of quiet of like. What are some of your pressing symptoms in life? Maybe it's chronic anger, maybe it's discouragement, or maybe it's I can't trust anybody, or maybe it's God has abandoned me, or I don't know. Like if you ask the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you like what are some of my 
what am I semi pressing symptoms? What are some things that I really find that are patterns in my life that keep me away from the Lord? Um, and then allowing the Lord just to kind of unfold those. And what are you, what are you believing about yourself there? What are you believing about God? I mean, you're really honest and about if there's somebody else in your situation about the other person. And it, I mean, Dr. Bob Schutz, he has a wonderful book called Be Healed, which I, it's the number one book I recommend across the nation. And it talks about just the core of that of like, our, these are our wounds filled with pain. And then the ways, our lies that we believe about ourselves, and the judgments we have toward other people. And then the, the ways we try to make sure none of those things ever happen to us again. And so we keep trying to like muster up the trust in God. But there's like this barrier around our heart. And many times we're afraid to talk to God about the lack of trust we have in him as if he'd be offended. He's not offended. Jesus is not afraid of you. He's not as scared of you. He's not afraid of your sin. He's not afraid of your brokenness. He's not afraid of your unbelief. He loves you. He just loves you. And his heart is to bring you into fullness and communion. And, you know, St. Julian of Norwich says that when God sees our sin, he sees our pain. And when you and I see sin, we see all kinds of other stuff. But when he sees our sin, he sees our pain. And his desire is to heal that root and bring us into communion. And that's what he does. Amen to that. Let's take a phone call, sister. We've got Crystal calling in from Michigan. Crystal, thanks for calling Dean in Life. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing well, thank you. So I have heard you guys speaking about um, forgiveness. I, for one, have a hard time forgiving myself for the things that I have done to myself, that I hurt myself and others doing because of the hurt that was done to me growing up. Um, At times I had stopped believing in God and then, you know, somehow pulled through and had like an awakening and knew that it was God that brought me through, but then fell back into old habits and these bad things. And it's, 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 how do you get past all the brokenness? How do you get past all the self-hatred and the, the, the doubt and just, just all of the pain and all of these things? Yeah, Crystal, thank you for sharing that. I know those are very those are very tender places in your heart and and you've presented just a beautiful bouquet of some of the sorrows there. And I you know, our the areas we often hold ourselves in contempt, you know, the, the parable of unforgiving servant where the, the this unforgiving servant is grabbing the other servant, choking him and throttling him. Many times that's us, we're choking ourselves. And Saint Thomas Aquinas says we can have a metaphorical relationship with ourselves, and so we can we can experience ourselves like even at different ages or different situations in life, and hate that person, and criticize and shame that person, and underneath is a, a deep and agonizing cry for help and a, a cry to be loved. And I think kind of I, th- I think Dr. Bob's book Be Healed be really helpful, and his his podcast Restore the Glory be really helpful, but. The, the whole patterns of our behavior are, are predicated on what we believe. We always behave out of what we truly believe. And so it sounds to me like there's some very tender places of your heart that go pretty deep that um, the Lord would love to spend time with. And it's not a matter of getting over it or like I got over that or I closed the door on that. It's it's moving through it with Jesus's love. And so maybe, maybe today of like praying with that of like, what is maybe one place, maybe it is a self-hatred and what do you believe about yourself that I'm unworthy, that I'm disgusting, that I'm... And then just sit with the Lord and what is what does Jesus say about you there? Because those are things Christ doesn't say. And and he sees our sin. He doesn't deny it and he doesn't kind of dismiss it. But like we said, when he sees our pain. And so that if those are very vulnerable places. And I think uh, the working with a really good therapist could be helpful as well. But like Jesus help me. Like help my help my unbelief, Lord. Help me 
help me forgive myself. And those honest, simple prayers can be really in, can be really enlightening to your heart. But the, those are deep places. I just want to honor that. Mm. You're certainly not alone in it, Crystal. Thank you for the call and for the honesty and vulnerability. And uh, you have our prayers and certainly all those who have trouble, struggle with forgiving themselves. I think that's a great, great bit of advice there, Sister, too, to, to sit with Jesus in that. And, you know, yeah. again, present to us in the Eucharist. So um, whether it's at your local parish and the tabernacle or whether it's at a time of adoration or whatever it would be, Crystal, uh, God bless you in that. And may you find, may you hear the Lord's voice speaking to you in the midst of all this and what he sees in you. We're talking about healing and the Eucharist today with our spiritual director, Sister Miriam James Heidland, and we are taking your phone calls about places that you are in need of healing in your life, or perhaps you, the Eucharist has played, and Jesus himself present in the Eucharist has played a very remarkable uh, role in your own healing, and we'd love to hear from you. Either way, give us a call, 888-914-9149, Our email address, again, is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We're going to head into our first break, but we've got lots more to talk about when it comes to healing in the Eucharist with Sister Miriam, who is our spiritual director today. We'll be back right after this. Today, we'd like to thank Steve, who is listening in Wisconsin, for donating his 1981 Kawasaki motorcycle. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting RelevantRadio.com slash car. That's RelevantRadio.com slash car. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining us. Hey, on this week on Eucharistic Encounters, uh, Father Rocky wants you to take it to Jesus. Tune in as a father shares the story of a friend who, after adopting, struggled to find peace in his home. Find out just what he did to bring unity and peace into his family with this week's video. You can find it at relevantradio.com encounter. Deepen your love for Christ in the Eucharist. Sign up for this free video series at relevantradio.com encounter. We are talking today with our spiritual director, Sister Miriam, Sister Miriam James Heidland, who is leading us through a conversation on healing and the Eucharist. And let's take another phone call, Sister. We've got Karen calling him from St. Louis, Missouri. Karen, welcome to The Inner Life. Oh, thank you, Father, and thank you, Sister. Um, first of all, I just want to offer some support to the young lady who just called. Uh, I won't go into all the dark spots I've been in my life, but the key word is that I've been through them, and most recently in a very... Uh, miraculous way. I uh, we grew up Catholic for 12 years. Um, I left the church and came back just recently after 25 years. Uh, but my point is that um, I didn't seek it out. God sought me out through me never letting go of the things that I've done, that I've done to others. And I recently went on a three-day retreat at the Marion uh, in Southern Missouri, and I was transformed and I think the thing is, is, I kept so much of my life staying busy because I didn't want to think of the thoughts in my head. And when you can get alone and listen to God, uh, it's amazing. So I asked her to, um, you know, just don't give up. Um, I can't tell you, I've been through everything and then some, but God was always there with me and never gave up on me. So I hear scriptures, that remember scripture often that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I repeat that often. And I also know that God is near us when we are our weakest. He is the closest. So I just wanted to ask her to know that people do get through these things, and it's a matter of turning your will over completely. That's truly beautiful. I, 
yeah, God works in very mysterious and glorious ways. And and it is true as we as we open our hearts over to the Lord and we give our hearts and our wills over to him, he yeah, he he slowly, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, sometimes it's instantaneous, sometimes it takes a long time, but the Lord is always there and he just he's there in such kindness and I that's one of my favorite things about Jesus is how kind he is and you know, kindness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's tender strength. Christ is always tender and he's always very strong and I it's that kind of steadfast love that heals over time. And so yes, I think for all of us like like she was saying that we continue on that journey and just continue to draw close to the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Karen, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate the encouragement. If you have a story of emotional or physical healing that you have experienced in your life, specifically through the working of the Lord and maybe particularly through the Most Holy Eucharist, we'd love to hear about it. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Or if you have questions about a situation that you're currently facing that requires some healing, or somebody you know who needs who stands and needs some healing, give us a call too. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Or send us an email: innerlife at relevantradio dot com. Well, sister. Um, I think it needs to be brought up that um, at least with physical healings, um, there are those who have sought healing in all sorts of places um, through medicine and through other perhaps uh, other ways, but certainly have sought the Lord through uh, sought the Lord for himself for healing in certain physical maladies. And at least as of yet, have not seen it, have not seen physical healing in their lives. So what about when that healing doesn't seem to come? What's going on? Yeah, gosh, don't we all have stories of that, right? Of praying for somebody or praying for ourselves. And those are deep mysteries. And I, because I I just really believe this, because I have something like that in my own life that I've been praying about for a long time, and the Lord just seems to leave it. And I just, it's it's a mystery for all of us. And But I know who Jesus is, and I know that his presence is always healing. And it may not look like I think it would or should, but Christ is always doing something. And so... I think in these places we can we can express to the Lord maybe yeah maybe it was the healing from cancer or a family member or we have a physical ailment like back pain it's just not healing I I just keep you know turn to the Lord like all right Lord what do you want me to know about this like what is my body trying to tell me our bodies are always trying to tell us something we're not just a brain that's like kind of trapped in a body we're a union of soul and body and so I I believe our bodies are really telling us things and sometimes our bodies are expressing the emotions that our hearts don't want to face or expressing unforgiveness or so we're going to the Lord like Lord is there anything my body's trying to tell me what are you trying to tell me in this and and then you know as we walk through that we just keep our hearts open to the Lord what the Lord does in that place as he heals like the lies we believe about ourselves so many times when those things happen we believe like oh I'm not good enough or God doesn't hear me and those are those are lies we believe about ourselves or about God but as those places are purified of like Lord I don't understand this and I surrender to you, and I'm going to trust in your love for me, and I'm going to unite this, Lord, to you, then the suffering becomes redemptive. And, you know, Jesus, you know, when we look at Jesus, Jesus suffered. You know, and our whole journey of healing is not so we can get back into control, you know, so we can kind of get our lives manageable. This whole journey of healing is to make our heart like Jesus. And Jesus' heart is vulnerable. He suffers. His suffer is ultimately redemptive. So there's something... Sometimes we say, well, does God want to heal me or just should I offer it up? And it's like, well, how about both? <laughs> it's like, it's because re- suffering in communion, Patrick, is healing. And sometimes it is us bringing our suffering to the Lord where we believe we bear ourselves for a long time. And then experiencing that suffering, whatever it is in our life, but in the communion of Jesus, that is healing. And even in the catechism, like in the area of forgiveness, when the Holy Spirit purifies our hearts, the catechism says that it, the Holy Spirit turns that injury into compassion and, and intercession for the one who's hurt us. Wow. That is, 
that is real life. Like that is excellent loving. And so there's a whole th- something God is something God is be about so far beyond many times what we can see. But just keep going to Him. Just keep going to Him and seeing what the Lord wants to say to us, because He's always about bringing us into wholeness and communion. He never He never n- not does that. So there's always something happening. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And you know what what's popping to my mind as you're as you were answering that question, sister, is uh St. Paul first or second Corinthians chapter 12 when he talks about the thorn in the flesh that he was given. Yes. That there is right that there's um mm-hmm. yeah, to keep him from being too elated. He said I three times I begged the Lord about this that it might leave me, but what did God say? My grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness. Wow. I mean, that's but but let's be honest here. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. I mean, to to say yeah, because I would I'd rather be completely whether it be physically, emotionally, psychologically, I'd rather be whole, complete, you know? I'd rather have full use of all my faculties about me. And uh it's sometimes a hard pill to swallow, as I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mhm. I think many times we despise our weakness because we fear it makes us unlovable. Because we've we've all had situations where our weaknesses or our faults or our failures have been unlovable to other people who didn't know how to love us. And so we, most of our life, try to, you know, strategically align our fig leaves so nobody will see our weakness. And there's a great priest, Father Boniface Hicks, says that every weakness is a near occasion of communion. That every weakness is a near occasion of communion. And for most of us, we think... It's a near occasion of abandonment or sin or self-hatred or rejection, but we just don't, we see things so differently than the way that God sees. And so I think we have this kind of undercurring thought, like if I get myself together enough, then I'm going to go to God, then I'm going to be lovable. And that's not how God loves us. He He doesn't mm-hmm. love like that. He loves very differently. Thank God. <laughs> and yeah. that's what he's teaching us as well. Like, cause, Because, you know, Patrick, I think, you know, all the vitriol we see in the world, many times what's going on, it's just an expression of the vitriol we hold within ourselves. Like, I'm just manifesting to you what I hold within myself. Because if I can't sit with the places of my own heart that are broken, that are little, that are needy, that are sinful, that are struggling, if I can't sit with those within me, how can I sit with them with you? And so to the extent that I let Jesus into my heart and to sit with him there in those uncomfortable places and go to the foot of the cross and sit with Our Lady there in, in the littleness and the humility, well, well, then I can be a vessel of love for you. Like Jesus Jesus is acquainted, a man of infirmity, acquainted with weakness. I mean, he even takes on our sin. He's sinless, but he takes on our sin. That kind of intimacy, is, I, it just makes me weep at times of like, who loves like that? Like, mm-hmm. And he doesn't call us slaves. He calls us friends. Like I just... He's so wonderful. Jesus is so wonderful. Like I just, he's just so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, what pops to mind is actually um, Jesus' own words given to us in the Gospel of Luke, our, our patron of the day, you know, our, our, uh, the guy we're celebrating today, St. Luke, and uh, the, the healer, the physician. And Jesus says, those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. And he said, I have not come to call the righteous, but to repentance, and not call the righteous to repentance, but sinners, something we absolutely all need as we started the program with. Let's take another phone call, sister. We've got Robin calling in from Idaho. Good morning, Robin. Thanks for calling in. Just resonated with what you guys were talking about because, um, you know, after uh, being single for four years, I'm trying to meet someone that, you know, believes in God and has those values and um, it's like people come to you claiming that they believe in God and stuff and um, then, you know, their values don't really uh, show up when they need to and um, just face some um, 
you know, disappointment, a lot of disappointments after trusting people. And, uh, you know, it's made me uh, try and strengthen my relationship with God and lean on God when I'm most vulnerable. And um, it's been very tough, but I I feel God, uh, you know, there for me. So I'm just kind of going through that right now. Thank you for sharing that, Robin. That is, it is disappointing, isn't it, at times people's behavior and kind of what they promised and then what they show. Like, we do the same thing at times, and that's that can be difficult. And I I love that you're taking those places that are, dis- that rightfully so, that are disappointing to the Lord and asking Him to speak to your heart there and to be with you there and to turn to Him. Because He is, it's true, Jesus will never disappoint us. And, and many times we feel like God does. Like, a lot of us have anger at God and we're afraid of that anger. But when we get down to it and we allow the Lord to reveal the truth to us, what we see is Christ He's the one that's been there, and he's bringing everything into communion with him. And so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Robin. Thanks for the phone call and for the honesty there. If you have a place in your life like Robin that needs healing, we'd love to hear from you and offer some words of encouragement and hopefully inspiration as well. 888-914-9149 is, again, our phone number here. 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, sister, um, so many things. I, I, I want to go back to your your phrase there. Every weakness is a near occasion of communion, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I, just not to not to beat a dead horse here, but I I do think that there's a lot to be gleaned from that to just sit and chew on it because, again, it just seems like we have this innate desire. Um, to avoid our weaknesses, to, you know, play to your strengths, uh, you know, do do what it is that you're gifted at, you're talented, you know, these things. But even um, in our society today, it seems like there is uh, almost a, not just an aversion, but there's a, a pushing of the weaknesses away almost to the extent of ignoring them. Would you agree something like that? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's from the fall. We see the fig leaves. <laughs> Yeah, and well, just, true and just even, yeah, and it's even, you know, as we see Adam's response to God in the garden when God comes in such love of him, of like, where are you? And his response of, you know, I, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And that same MO is your, it's your and mine, Patrick. It's like all of our human natures. Like, I might be seen here, I'm unlovable here, and I have to do something about it. And so most of us spend our lives trying to, quote unquote, do something about it. And we all have our patterns of what we do about it when we, want to avoid our weaknesses or our fears or not really get to the root or just continually blame other people for our problems versus like, okay, what's, what's happening within my heart? And, and this is, this is the real transformation. And like we said, this is so far beyond behavior modification because we've all done the thing. We go to confession and we're really sorry. We're contrite and we're like, okay, I'm not going to do the thing. And then five days later we do the thing. (laughs) And then we're like, what's, what's happening? And so, okay, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to fine, try harder, but until we get to the root of why we're doing this thing and, and what's going on there and what we're believing about ourselves and the pain that's causing, and until we get to that stage, the thing will just continue. And so, like we said, this is this is where Jesus is inviting us. He's inviting us out on the water. This is Peter out on the water, like, come to me, come walk, come walk to me. And the Lord sustains our journey there. But if we really want to be well, like Jesus says, do you want to be well? And I have played things in my life where I'm like, yes, Lord, I want to be well. And I have things in my life where I'm like, can I think about that and get back to you? Because <laughs> I kind of I kind of like my little grudge or I like whatever that is. And, yeah, you know, exactly. it's like it's Jesus says, do you do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? And that's a piercing question that maybe we can let the Lord ask us today. Do you want to be well? And yeah. Here's where it we might go. T- it, 
I'm just wondering, it, it sounds like it might actually take uh, doing a sort of weakness inventory. I mean, as much as we hate to acknowledge our weaknesses, it might be the very thing that the Lord is asking us to do, yeah, to acknowledge that, yeah, I'm weak in this area. I struggle in this area. This is a huge temptation for me that I fall too many times at. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it might be, that we take a look at our weaknesses honestly and then bring those before the Lord. That's what I'm catching from what you're saying, sister. Well, yes, and I think, like we said, you know, what are our pressing symptoms of our day-to-day life? And in those places, not to try to manage them or just try harder, but to allow Jesus to bring us into communion there. And, you know, I remember many years ago, Bob, Dr. Bob Schutz, he's a good spiritual father to me. I've known him for many, many years. And I was sharing with him something like this, you know, and just it was a huge risk for my heart. And I was sharing with him and and he received it. And then he kind of offered like a, a deeper step out on that journey. And I just found myself like, I found myself, and I love, you know, I love Bob so deeply, but I found myself getting defensive. Like that first fig leaf was like defensiveness. And then mm-hmm. I remember Bob looking at me saying, you know, when you when you bring something like that or when I bring something like that to you, don't you just receive it in love? And I'm like, well, of course I do. Like, I, I, of course I would receive that in love from you. He's like, well, then would you allow me to do the same with you? Just to sit here with you in kindness and just to sit here and let the Lord love you here. Would that be okay? And that that kind of love, like we want, we want Jesus to love us like that. We want other people to love us like that. We love it, but we fear it at the same time. Like we want to be seen, but oh my gosh, we fear it at the same time. And so that kind of vulnerability before the Lord is what the Lord is inviting us to. And then that, that's, you know, that's a song of songs. That's the bridegroom and the bride. And that's Jesus comes to, yeah, to, to reveal us to ourselves. We can't figure it out on our own. And he's not asking us to, he wants to reveal us to ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Well, Sister Miriam James Heidland is our spiritual director today as we're talking about healing in the Eucharist. So again, if you have an experience of healing or if you're in need of healing in your life right now and would like to ask a question or tell a story of how Jesus has been a healing presence in your life, give us a call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address is relevantradio.com. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Sarah Tavoya taking your phone calls today, along with our spiritual director, Sister Miriam James Heidland, as we're talking about healing and the Eucharist. Quick reminder for you before we get back to the topic at hand that November is the month of the Holy Souls in Purgatory, and they need our prayers. So pray for them with your nationwide community here in Relevant Radio. The annual Relevant Radio Holy Souls Novena is November 2nd through 10th. And you can submit the names of your loved ones so we can lift them up in prayer together. You just got to go to relevantradio.com slash souls. That's relevantradio.com slash souls. And you'll receive reflections from Father Rocky each day of the novena to help you enter more deeply into prayer. And hey, encourage your family and friends to do the same. Uh, Go to relevantradio.com slash souls and enter the names of their loved ones. Again, the novena is November 2nd through 10th. And we'll pray for them here on Relevant Radio at the Daily Mass and the live stream Divine Mercy Chaplet and the Family Rosary Across America. 
Well, we are uh, talking about, as I said, healing in the Eucharist with our spiritual director, Sister Miriam, today, and we are taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. Let's go back to the phones. Melissa is calling in from Philadelphia. Good afternoon, Melissa. Thanks for calling in. Yes. Yes. Hi. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking my call. I wanted to share a story which I believe was a direct um, healing from the Eucharist. Um, I had walked to the Camino de Santiago back in um, in June of this year, and I had just walked a stage of about 19 miles that day, and I was using my hiking poles, and I was walking with this Austrian man. And the last couple kilometers, like I could barely walk, my and, and this Austrian man said, "I don't, I don't even know how you're going to finish the Camino." And my left leg was just really giving me a lot of problems, and I hadn't had any problems at all during my whole walk up until that point. So we entered into the city of Lugo, Spain, and if you're not familiar, it is a walled city, and some of the people that I was walking with, they wanted to walk along the wall, and I said, no, you know what, I'm going to go into the cathedral in Lugo, and lo and behold, I stumbled upon um, adoration, and apparently they've been having perpetual adoration since I think the 1600s or something, with the largest monstrance I've ever seen in my entire life, and I... was a thousand, or I'm sorry, a hundred kilometers from hitting Santiago. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the Camino, you have to walk the last hundred kilometers in order to get your Compostello. So I was literally at that breaking point and I got down on my knees and I cried to the Lord and I said, Lord, you are the divine physician. If it is your will that I walk these last a hundred kilometers, then please heal my leg. So I took to Advil that night. I went to bed and it was actually the best night I slept the whole time. And I woke up the next morning and my leg was okay. Like it was still a little sensitive. And I walked 16 miles to the next um, place, the next, the end stage, the next city I was going to. And I was on the floor in the albergue. And in the albergue, there's a whole bunch of bunk beds and you share the room with a bunch of people. And I was doing these IT band stretches that I knew about. And this, Japanese Buddhist who spoke who spoke broken English he saw me doing these stretches and he offered some kind of I don't even know what it was solve or ointment and he kept telling me put this on your legs put this on your legs and I was like okay fine like whatever it can't hurt so I put it on my legs and I swear like the next day I woke up and my legs felt brand new like they they were not in any pain they weren't sore they weren't sensitive and I just feel like the Lord had answered my prayers and wow. I was fine for the rest of the rest of the trip and I was able to finish by walking. So. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Wow. What a beautiful prayer you said and just an openness of heart and God sends all kinds of messengers. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. Wow. Appreciate it, Melissa. Mm-hmm. Great testimony about the Eucharist providing healing and Jesus mm-hmm. present to us providing healing as well. Mm. Let's go now to Sherry calling in from New York. Sherry, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I kind of stumbled upon the uh, this radio broadcast on my way home uh, actually from a therapy session and I was just amazed at how 100% connected what you're talking about um, connects with my story Uh, the shame the self-hatred and the unforgiveness of myself um, a life that kind of culminated a life of bad choices and bad decisions culminated in an abortion and just my continued inability to heal, um, mostly because of 
unforgiveness of myself. And um, I really wanted to just ask you to pray for me because I feel like my hearing this story so uh, connected to my own was uh, is a gift. And so thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, Sherry. And yeah, thank you for sharing. Those are, gosh, those are such sacred places in my heart goes out to you and it will certainly you know pray for you we're gonna have a little prayer at the end you know of our time here today but we'll certainly include you in our hearts but yeah thank you for sharing that you're very brave to, to go on that journey of healing and to begin to feel those things and experience those things that many times are long hidden and bring them into communion with jesus yeah indeed sherry thank you again yes thank you for your openness and honesty and your courage yeah to go through this and to uh to say yes i need i need healing Let's go now to Mary calling in from Indiana. Mary, thanks for calling in. Hi. Um, I have a, a, a question for Sister. Um, I wanted to know how to help someone. Um, well, the situation is my spouse will sometimes um, will be doing something and he'll just sigh very deeply and I'll say, what's wrong? And he'll say, oh, just remembering some stupid things I did. And I'll say, would you like to talk about them? And he immediately shuts down. It's it's almost like, you know, it's so sudden. No, no, no. Um, and I don't know how to get him. I don't even know what it is. And I don't need to know, but I would like to help him reach that point where he can heal from whatever it is that's bothering him. Yeah, gosh, isn't it hard to see people that we love that are suffering with deep things? And they, it sounds like he's offering you an insight there. It's very interesting of how people offer things even without realizing it. So even his sighing and his willingness to admit that I'm just remembering some things I've done. And it tells you he's probably struggling with some shame and some self-hatred and some unforgiveness in his own heart, maybe toward himself or what's happening. And I think maybe as you notice, it's just maybe he's not quite ready yet to, to talk about that, but just to be like, well, thank you for sharing that. I'm just here with you. You know, I, I love you and I'm here with you and there's nothing you could ever share with me that would, you know, be beyond my love for you. And, and I think sometimes inviting people, um, you know, I, like I mentioned Dr. Bob's podcast, Restore the Glory, which is outstanding. And it's he and another therapist talk about everything from healing and leadership to our wounds, to mother wounds, to spouses, to marriages. And it's just really wonderful. And that might be something too, of just a safe way of, you know, because people, we can only heal from what we feel safe to heal from and just be like, well, if, if maybe you want to listen to a podcast sometime or maybe something like that. But I think respecting people's freedom um, and just inviting them, but not doing their work for them or trying to do that or micromanage is just, it's helpful just to let somebody know you're there. And if they'd like to take that step, you could be with them on that journey. You need to pray for them too. Just bring that. I would bring him to, to the foot of the cross with Mary and just talk to Mary about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, sister, for the advice. Mary, thank you for the phone call and a great question. It is. It's troubling to see somebody you know who is struggling and is in need of healing, but uh, is right now not ready to receive it. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, great. Thank you for calling in and for sharing that and for continuing listening to Relevant Radio. And Let's go now to James calling in from Houston, Texas. James, thanks for your patience. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hey, I just wanted to share a story about how uh, adoration actually saved my life. Um, when I, when I left religious life, um, to pursue marriage with my wife, I fell into deep regret for actually leaving the order mm. and I resented my entire life and I fell into suicide attempts. Um, I felt like I was screaming at the ceiling, talking to God. So I turned to other worship 
and other evil things and um, fell really down a really deep rabbit hole. And uh, I turned away from the church. And one day while I was scrolling through YouTube, I, I came across a, a live stream of, of perpetual adoration. I hadn't stepped foot in church in many, many years. And I thought, wow, what's this? So I looked at it and all of a sudden, after a little bit of looking at it, it was like it was like Saul on the road to Damascus. The scales fell from my eyes, and I looked over through the door. I was sitting outside, and I, I saw my, my wife and my children sitting at the table, and a voice told me, not a loud, audible, boom-type voice, but a, a, a feminine voice said, this is why he called you out. Mm. And it was ever since that moment, it's been nothing. It's like I've been picked up out of the, the mud pot pit and put on this different path that has set my life and my family's life on a totally different trajectory towards Christ. And every time I get it's opened up a whole bunch of other wounds, of course, that I've had to address. But every time I've had to address those wounds, the one thing that I recommend to anybody and myself is to look at the cross and at the mm -hmm. Eucharist. And at that moment, it's it's not us uniting ourselves, our wounds to Christ, but it's the fact that Christ united his wounds to ours. Mm -hmm. James, I'm sorry to have to cut in on you, but um, we only have about 30 seconds before we ask for a prayer from Sister. So, Sister, I just wanted to give you a few seconds to respond to James' excellent phone call. Yes, thank you so much, James. And indeed, Jesus rises with his wounds open so we could come into them and find healing. And he hides us in his wounds, and that's true. That's gorgeous and to me that's such a testament of what god does because you had a tangible different experience before and after like god divinely interrupted in your life and you feel the grace even as you still struggle with different things you can go back to that grace and go back to that love and to me that's one of the hallmarks of a true grace from jesus christ thank you for sharing that with us that's so beautiful indeed thank you so much james for the for the great testimony sister it's been a pleasure having you on here on the inner life for your first time hopefully not your last we'd love to have oh, you back thank you. I'd be but delighted. uh if you would, please, we always like to ask our sisters to close the show with a prayer for us, please. Sure, yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Uh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your kindness, for your care for us. And I ask that you would cover each one of us in your precious blood, Lord, in the place we need you the most. I pray that you would bring all of our intentions, all of our hearts, all of our wounds right into your own beautiful, sacred heart. Lord, I ask that you would bless and guide us, bless and seal this time. Fill us with life, fill us with grace. Mother Mary, I ask that you would just stand by the foot of our cross and remind us of your Son and never leave us. And we just make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Miriam, for being our spiritual director today. Tomorrow on the program, Indulgences. Hope you can join us. Grace and peace.